We have a very important subject to talk about tonight, and that is the subject of how to be patient. How to be patient. Savlanut. How to be patient. It's a big subject. We're going to touch on some pieces of it, but we have to begin. And we have to know patience is a need of our Kodesh Baruch He's a is, is someone who is nice, he's nice to He carries a virus, he carries them. He, the Talmud verse says he enables the Russia <coughs> to do their virus. He gives them the credit to do it. He carries it, carries things. We have to be misdabic in the media of our Kodesh Baruch Hu's leaders. We can't be him, but it's a good example. Now, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is called Mekayma Shalaylam. We say the Abish is Hamokayim. Hamokayim means the one who contains the Oilam. He's not part of the Oilam, he's the one who carries the Oilam. So from there we see right away that you can carry something better if you are outside of it. When it becomes yourself, Patience with yourself, or someone doing something to you to make you impatient, that's going to be harder. You have to be able to stand outside of it. Somewhat we'll talk about it, but we see that that's the shot. We're going to be talking about why is it this, what, why is it that people are impatient? Why do they, what makes them that way? Now, impatient people um, don't. Have a difficult life. Someone was driving me to Hanau from the yeshiva this afternoon. A guy's cutting his car out, and there was a bad door. Now she about to collide. But, huh? Whoa. Yeah? And they told me I stopped. But, <coughs> he didn't stop. It was too late to stop. He was going too fast. So they just kissed each other. <laughs> Many years ago, there was a bocher from the yeshiva. He's now an avrech, a wonderful person, does wonderful work. So he was driving me from Lakewood to, I think, Flatbush. So it was, there was a big problem. He was really interested in what I had to say. Today, he was really interested in what he had to tell me. So... So I told him he's about to go through an intersection. He said, he's supposed to stop at the intersection. He didn't stop. So I told him to stop. And then he did stop. He's not supposed to stop in the middle of the intersection. He's supposed to keep going. But he did stop. And the car's went a few inches from me. Okay? <clears throat> so, if you're driving, you can't be interested in something else. Okay. I found out today from the, from that place over there that this thing called the Super Bowl is happening on Sunday. I didn't know. I know I have to ask Rabbi Moshe if I should talk about it or not. But if I don't get a hold of him, so then my default position is silence. But remember, if you can get up in the middle of the night and go to watch the Super Bowl, which I can't stop you from doing and the machine is arranging correctly in place for you, 
but then you better get up in time for Shabbos the rest of the time. Okay? Or else, it's, uh, without going into the problems, if you get up for the Super Bowl, you better get up for Shabbos. I'm not talking about that day. That day is worse than the Super Bowl in order to have the whole day tired. That's a different shayla. Is it worth it or not? Is the product of seeing the Super Bowl worth the price? That I don't know. I can't tell you. I don't know how much point it is to you. Yeah? But... Uh, If you're interested in the Super Bowl, don't listen to it while you're driving. You have to be Rosh Hashanah You have to focus on it. Because every play is important. It matters to you. Okay? <coughs> I'm not making fun of you. I'm just saying oh, that's the reality. Yeah? And so, but you have to stand outside of it. Now, what are some of the things that make a person impatient. So, there's a Gemara. The first point is, we think things are going to be easy. They will not. The Shiva Zechari Meruch used to say, Kol Haskol is cautious. All beginnings are difficult. And if it's not difficult, then you have to be done. But people think it'll be easy. Well, if it's going to be easy, and you find out that it's not easy, and you thought it was going to be easy, then you get frustrated. You get impatient. And the, the, the uh, Rabbi Ruchim brings this, and we'll see something else that Rabbi Ruchim says, Be'ez Hashem. So it's been very powerful. And he says, first thing, in the Gemara and Sukkah says that He's going to shift the Yitzhahara. The Yitzhahara will not lose. He ain't losing. He's going to shift the Yitzhahara. Yeah? The Tzadikim, everybody's crying. It looks like a big mountain, the Yitzhahara. Yeah? And the Shoim, it looks like a Chudasaira. It looks like just a thin line. Yeah, there, that's the width of a here. Of a here. Halolu b'chim, halolu b'chim. They both cry. The second say, how did we do this? It was such a hard job. And we managed to do it. And they, the Rishoyim are <coughs> crying. It was like, we could have just walked over it. And we didn't. So, the Sadiqim know it's going to be hard. The Russia thinks it's easy. I just decided not to. But if I want to go, I could be easy. The tzaddik knows it's hard. The altar from Kelm says, Rabois, Royce, tzaddik. It, you have to go through a lot of Royce in order to be a tzaddik. It ain't easy. And anyone who that far said, this is hard. It's hard. And even great men had times when it was hard for them. It was hard for them. And then Rabbi Rucham says something else. This, when uh, Avram Avino was going to buy a kever for Sarah, so Ephraim said, that's great, I'll give it to his present. Yeah? He promised a lot, and he said he did very little. He asked for really top money. Money that's 
you could use anywhere. Not Israeli liras. There are types of money you can't use anywhere else. Yeah? I was in Moscow airport, and there's only a certain amount of money you're allowed to have. And I realized that was over. If you counted the Russian money and the Israeli money. But he wants to see the American money. So I showed it to him. Okay, is there anything else? So I showed him the Russian ruble. He had such a look of disgust on his face in 1999. Go ahead and show it to me. And then I took out some Israeli. Huh? What is this? You play with me in Monopoly? It's colored money. It doesn't mean anything. It's nothing. Yeah? So in the end, Ephraim took really good money. What that is today, I don't know. You can't trust anything. And the Abishan made a world where you can't trust any money at all, even Swiss banks. Just, you know, people had a moon in Swiss banks. There's a rule, my friends, that when you trust something, who loves you and he takes it away. I said many, many years ago, the only thing standing between Israel and the Russian was America. Well, it's eventually going to get taken away. No, anyone who gets, you know, it's like a, a, a beer. When you get between a beer and a trial, you're dead. You're just dead. And you can't run fast enough, and you're dead. He doesn't let anyone get in between him and his cup. Okay? The Russian never lets for very long someone to get blind us to, oh, Asher Yoshiena. Yeah? Asher will help us. Asher is America. I have rise to that. We're not going to ride horses anymore translated as a tank. Yeah, we trust our tanks. We trust this. The Ebesha is told, it loves us. So no, 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 man, the kind of rock. You can't trust anything except them. Okay? That's a shame. So Avram Avinu was the opposite. He offered them water <coughs> and bread. But what did he give them? Three tongues in mustard. Say, Sadiqim, say little and give a lot. So Rabbi Ruchim says, that's the dissonant Sadiq in Russia? He says, well, you know, maybe we think the world thinks, yeah, uh, that they keep their word and a little bit more, or even more. No. It's not a description of their act. I was a gufa. Don't say a lot. Said the Chavetz Chaim. He brings it down over here. He never said he's going to do something. He always, whatever he had to do, he did it then. He did it then. Yeah. I was on a flight to Panama, which I'm not from the mirror. There's a boy here who learned here, Yeshua Hoffman, who's a quadriplegic, Hashem should protect us. He came very far, very, very far. He's a, he's a very Muslim person today. In the hospital, I told him, like, forget about life. You just have to, you know, watch internet. He said, no. Anyway, I was on a fight with a Muslim. I want to know if this is very important for you to know. It's never easy to get to Panama. Yeah? If you come from Israel, it's important for you to know, right? 
if in, in order to get to Panama, no matter what airline you use, you have to fly for 12 hours to the United States and then wait 12 hours to the next flight to Panama. Rabbi Moshe was a very sick, weak person, and he was on the flight. So I went up to him and I asked him, "Could you give me a letter of encouragement to Yoshua Hoffman?" He knew everybody in the yeshiva, and he said, "Yes, I'll do it." He took out a sheet of paper, then and there, and did it. And I had it laminated, and I got it to him. You hear? Tzadikim, don't say, "Oh, I'll do it." He said in the chavos Whatever it is, they do it now. Okay? It's also a nature not to go insane because if you keep putting things off and they keep piling up, so then, then you start losing it. It's better to do things right away. If you can't, you can't. Okay? But Sadiqim did sitkus is because they don't, don't they say little and do a lot. That's what Tzadik is. Not just he's a nice guy, he's truthful. Oh, they said that's, yeah. Okay. There's many things over here. Does <coughs> <coughs> he really think he's going to do it? It's only his words to make the other guy happy. Or if they think they'll do it, but they think it'll be easy. No. Ephron yeah? did what he did, but it's starting his very nizza. He doesn't doesn't promise things so fast. Okay, he talks about the Chavetz Chaim also. So the first thing that will get you to lose your patience is that you think it's going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. Yeah? The, the, the going says, Leif Chacham Liyamin. The heart of the Chacham is to the right. Leif Sil smile. So he says in the Sefer, this, that what's left to do is on your left side because the pages go like that. So a chacham looks back, it's not our subject per se, and does kazara. How many things have I know? I have to go back and review it. The still says, well, how many daf do I have left? And if there's 40 daf left, yeah? Or if you just finished Shoshna Kasapara, so we have from Memvav to Kufiud Gimel. I'm bad at math. You figure it out. Yeah? And that's it. How many days? That's how we'll do it. It's not true. Now, if you manage to do it because the yeshiva is doing it, know that it's not a given. It's not a given. It's just not, okay, that's how we'll do it. It just, you know, we'll get done. Oh, no. That's Axel things like that. Axel, the guy says someone who doesn't want to work. Okay, we'll get there. Don't worry. Yeah, that's his. Yeah? Okay. Weiter. Now, you have to know, Rabzel Puskin Shlita, so he has an exercise in his very wonderful book, Conversations with Yourself. You want to let go of something. You want to be patient with something. Or let go of a kapeda. Yeah? So, open up your hand. And just let go. It's like you say, It's not, it's nice to open the hand. Yeah? I wanted to teach that today, not here. So what did we do? <coughs> Yaakov. Hey, get it out of your hand. Now the guy in was pulling up my thumbs and my fingers. I said, oh, yeah? 
No, come on now. Okay, let's try something else. That's how you learn something. How about for opens his hand? When you see something concrete, oh, that's different. Yeah, I learned today with a very Choshul and Bacha. Oh, why did they start singing then? Because they saw Yad Hashem. I, a volcano, erupted somewhere and destroyed a whole island and tens of thousands. It affects me less than something I saw. And then, Oz, when they saw it, then they started to sing. We learned it today, L'cha'anu Shira. Yeah? So, okay. But sometimes you don't let go. I'm embarrassed to tell you this, but it happened to me. Uh, sometimes you're not supposed to let go if you're being machan at someone. It was Pesach time. I was in Los Angeles. I was 13 years old. I think 13. Maybe I was 14, but I think I was 13 because they had two years. No one was there except for me and Gedalia. Gedalia was there because he didn't have a home. And I was there because I lived in what they called at my graduation, the cold country, which is New York, Brooklyn. Now the boy from the cold country can come in and take his diploma. So he came to sit down along with us, man his money. The sheet was empty, and we were kidding around. And he got upset. I see you're not interested in running. He started to walk away. See, if I can do something, so does hope. Then you also, can, you know, if I can see your baby, you also can be. But not now. It's too late. You're not 13 anymore. So we ran after him and said, "No, we're sorry. We're sorry." And he said, "No." If we would have said yes, I would have forgotten it. He said, "No." Years later, I asked him, I had several things to ask him about. Sometimes when you grow up, you realize things that you thought were nothing or something. That's what I said, you're going to tshuva every day. Because he grew every day more. Oh, what I did yesterday. Oh, that's much worse than I thought. Okay? So, sometimes you don't let go. Because sometimes you have to educate someone. You don't get angry. Yeah? Okay? You just don't let go. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes it's good to let go, and sometimes it's not. There was a very, very great show named Rukhaim Fulan Zechatzat Kavoch. I was ben Ba'ish by him. His father, here in the Sitzchaim, which were written after his Petira. It was a very great man. I mean, I, gosh. So, at the end of his life, he he had he had the in his mouth, and it was very painful. Very painful. Usually they give these patients morphine. Give them morphine. He refused to take it. He was tossing and turning in his bed in deep pain, but wouldn't take the morphine. Why? Because the morphine would drug his mind. He wanted to hold on to, to his mind and his bachira and how he looks at things to the end. A week before he was nifter, he came into Rashach and he said, the doctors say that he has only a week to live. Sometimes the doctors are right. And um, Rashach started crying and can you give me an answer what I should do with the last week? Rashach told him, 
work on your midas. Huh? First of all, he was a, he was a malach. I mean, ma- he, he he was a Talmud movement of Rav Dessel, and he told me a day in his life didn't go by anything about Rav Dessel. What he did, and he was mashkiach in Yeshiva Sanegev. I know him because he was my brother's mashkiach in Beis Hillel. Yeah, Rav Shimshon Pinkus's father-in-law was the Yeshiva there. I see, yeah, Rav Shimshon over there. Well, it's on Bitfilas Gravers. There's a book in English on his life. It's an amazing book. So <coughs> he told him to work on his meters. Well, he was a huge Valmidas. Yeah? But everyone can do better. So someone else would have said to him, learn as much as you can. Do you know, he told him to work on his meters. My Rashi on that, I can't give you more than my Rashi is that you, who you are is your meters. Derech Eretz Kodma Latera. Sir Ashach, who knew him, knew him many, he's one of the first, I think it's seven original Bachrim in Panovich. He started Panovich. And he was close to great people. And he was a, he was a prince of meters. I know that. Yeah? Work on your meters. That's what Ashach told me. It's, it's like frightening. We, we always have to work on our meters because that's who we are. Okay? I, I, this morning I looked at uh, the sheets that were sent to the past from the wonderful Bacha who actually has them. And we said sometimes the ASR tries to force us to do things, right? Before the era, he tries to get us to be kaifer and be angry. Yeah? And then, wow. So, person has to prepare his whole life. Call ACU Bukidecha Lovin. Lovanim. You have to be ready. It could be any time. Shem, she give us all Arichas Yom and Vishanim. So, he wanted, he didn't let go. He didn't let go of the Matsif. Okay? Now, it could be, it could be uh, someone else should. Yeah. Okay. Patience uh, has a lot to do with pain. how much can you endure pain, emotional pain or physical pain. I told you already some weeks ago that uh, Barry Septimus, the brother of Chaim Septimus, who lives in Montesdorf went with Rabbi Zechariah the procedure required a test before and how much pain can you endure, and he got it to the seven or eight. So Barry, a barrel septimus, so he said, can you do the test on me? He was much younger. He got up to two. Up to two. I took Rabbi to this Kaisal Maravi. As soon as he saw the Kaisal, he broke down like crying like a baby. Same person. Rechaim Shmulevitz, Face down, the Japanese Gestapo, he went in. They want to know how all these hundred boys, hundreds of boys surviving. Why aren't they starving? Where are you getting your money from? And to get American dollars was, you know, that was very forbidden, and things were very forbidden they were not nice about. Could have hardly. And he faced them down. The same Rechaim Shulevitz would break down crying. Rachmiel Chosid told me, 
that someone came by and told Rabbi Chaim a certain Talmud was very sick, not even a close Talmud. And uh, he said, thank you. He was sitting there. And when the Bokhah left, he broke down crying. A Bokhah he barely knew. Because he saw a child, the shoes of a child, having their first... He would cry from joy, thinking about how the mother feels the same cause my child is walking. Okay? Understand? They were very strong people. But they controlled their strength. Someone can't, they can't. If, you, if you're not to control discomfort, frustration, and pain, then you'll be able to handle it. Okay? Now, Hanani Mishor Vazayah were willing to be thrown into a Kifshana Eish. But, um, but torture they wouldn't have been able to withstand. And then, the Rishisei Loyola is also absurdic. She said, why do we cry when there's pain? Because we feel sorry for ourselves. Because we love ourselves. I don't like to be in pain. I'm not judging anyone. It's not the Super Bowl. Okay? Okay? I'm not I'm telling you, you're, if you're in pain, you can cry. But he says, it stems from, I feel sorry for myself. Yeah? And Rav Shach brings, in Shemush Shelter, there was a woman who was giving birth, which I assure you, is a painful, happy experience, but it's painful. It's painful. And and she was crying. And then the Shagis Aryeh was in a, a different part of the room. There was a, a divider, and it was disturbing his learning. And they told her. And she she stopped. Because the Shag, I don't want to disturb the Shagis Aryeh's learning. Okay, the Shagasari had a Talmud, I believe it was the Vilna Gaim, was one of his Talmudim. He was a Chashmir Jew, the Shagasari. Yeah? He gave her a bracha. And the bracha was Makuyim. Yeah? Okay? But you see it as a Madrega, when something is really important, you don't cry. Chaim Shmolevis didn't cry when the Bacha told him that this person was sick because he didn't want the Bacha to feel dead. It's the opposite of what Rebisikal Khanan, someone came in to tell him that a certain Bacha was freed from the Russian army. That's a big simcha. He said, wow, thank you. And then a few more people came to tell him and said, wow, thank you. He didn't tell them I heard this already because he wanted them to feel the happiness of wanting to make, give him good news. So he said, thank you, thank you. You have to care about someone else's feelings. So this woman, Rebbe would say a few thousand years ago, they were on a madrega, that if it was important enough, they would control, they would control their, their fear, they would control their pain. You can't control it. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm not asking myself to do it. But you have to know about madregas. You at least know that madrega exists and where it's coming from. So what's more negated to us, do we feel sorry for ourselves? My chavrusa, my roommate, <coughs> other things, I feel bad. Okay, so then it's just a question. If you need to change, so you need to change. Yeah? If you don't need to change, you don't need to change. <coughs> yeah? It's a... Um, okay, I got a question that he has an offer for a very good chavrusa. His chavrusa doesn't come on time. He doesn't speak, you know, he doesn't learn well. 
Am I allowed to change chavrusas? Because the middle of the man, he ain't going to get another one. And one just came up. So, it's a shayla shayla. I don't know, I can't answer the question. But I told the person how to figure it out. Okay? Okay. I know of two cases. Okay, we have three minutes. I know of two cases where people who are on the brink of death and did die, but someone switched them around by saying, now you have an opportunity to show your children how to die. And that's what they did. It changed their whole way they looked at things. You give someone what to do. You give someone what to do. I know we spoke about this in the past, but a person can be either depressed and tired, and they find out, wow, they got a ticket to the, uh, to the Super Bowl, plus a first-class flight, and uh, uh, everything, a box seat. They got energy. Wow, we're going, okay. It's simcha when something's important. So if it became more important to this person to show his children something. To show. And it, it changed them completely. I want to end. So that's how we learn to feel patience. Kali Yisrael by, by um, a call by Kiddush Levona, Ama Musei Bote. They carry by the Shalom. Russia's carrying us. You're never alone. You're always taken care of. So I'd like to end with a statement. How do you, how do you be patient? When you go to someone's house and they give you food you don't like so much, so what do you do? You eat it and say thank you and that was very good. Yeah? You don't ask for doubles. And some I've heard of cases where you can eat, so then you get doubles. So, oh, we see you like it. It's happened. Yeah? I was in a house when I was 13. Then I was 13. So they put me in a house for Shah, for, 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 um, was Cholomite, or before Cholomite. And that Shabbos, so the Rebbe who I was close to, yes, Rebbe Ruven, Shlita, is now in Chicago, Ruven Levinson, if anyone's from Chicago. Yeah? So I said to him on the phone, it was a bit salty. And she heard it. She went wild. She was so angry. A guest, everything is all right. Everything is fine. One day you'll get married, or you are married. Remember, you're a guest in your wife's house. Okay? Hopefully she's a good balabuster. Okay? You've heard this before. It's a genteel form of brainwashing. Here's something enough time, so maybe, okay? The Rebbeinu should give us a life where our patience with ourselves and see our success in Ruchni is one step at a time. We're satisfied with every step we take. And that just gives us courage to go further. Patience is appreciating small things. And they should give you Warm, happy, healthy, patient lives of Menuchas and Efesh. Amen. Amen.